1: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact.
0: What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Alex Croson, and I'm here with Monsieur Casey Clap.
1: Bonjour, Alec! Bonjour! <laughs> I don't know if they pronounce the X in French, honestly. Yeah, what do, I wonder, Alex. I feel like Alec, maybe, is, yeah.
0: is the, uh, hey, any Frenchmen out there, or women? Or non binary French
1: people. Yeah, yeah. Whatever kind of French person you are, we want <laughs> whatever, to know.
0: Whatever kind of French person you choose to be.
1: Yeah, tell us.
0: Let us know what my name would be in French.
1: Casey, did you ever, did you, you had to
0: take a language class in middle school, high I school? Did, mm-hmm, yeah, I did. What did you take? French okay <laughs> but I don't know oh obviously. I, I don't
1: know <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> what was your name in because if if you're listening from from out of ah! country <laughs> maybe this is I don't I think this is just an American public school thing yeah it might be but in language classes you ha- you had like a name that the teacher would call you yeah. in that language so i was alejandro in my yeah. spanish classes mm-hmm. what were you case
1: i don't know that any of my teachers ever actually called me by this uh-huh. but i said that my name was monsieur l'homme de tout le monde which is- m- <laughs> it means uh mr the man of all the world wow <laughs>
0: even at a young age you were insufferable
1: (laughs) i think i was way more insufferable at a young age actually i think i've gotten way better
0: (laughs) i i i'm sure your teachers were delighted that's a very sweet funny cute thing (laughs)
1: yeah i'm glad i i think i hope you're right i guess it's a little long
0: though i think i would have shortened it to jean-luc
1: yeah i should have yeah just just kept it at that
0: yeah uh casey we have a merch sale going on we sure do it is our solstice sale And should we give the people a rundown of what's going on?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should. So, who wants to do it?
0: I'll start and you can pick up. All right. Uh, You'll be my color commentary. I'm play by play. Oh,
1: yeah. That sounds great.
0: Actually, if anything. um Oh,
1: yeah. He really (laughs) got him that time,
0: didn't he? He's heating up. Uh, So, we have a huge merch sale happening right now. The reason it's huge is for uh, several reasons. Yeah. Everything, all of our current merch on our store is twenty percent off
1: with a two and a zero.
0: That's right. If you use the coupon code "Summer of Trees," that's S U M M E R O F T R E E S. Also, we have a couple pieces of new merch, Casey. That's
1: right, we do, and these are the exciting things. They are on pre-sale. We have two things. One is a T-shirt. And the t shirt is uh, designed by the lovely Tori Gorham. That's right. And we call it the Tree Buds. Yeah.
0: I think Tori called it the Tree Buds, and we co op. We were like, yeah, that's, okay, yeah, that that that's true. happening. That that's canon. True.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's this adorable uh, scene of these two characters, uh, which are trees, mm-hmm. and they are sitting in a forest scene, listening to none other than completely arbitrary in their, uh, well, I guess why we call it uh, tree buds is because it's like they have earbuds in, but those earbuds are wired old yes. school style That's right. down to the also old school style I pod yeah it's it's very throwback
0: it's it's beautiful it's just a stunning piece of art it's one of my favorite things we've ever commissioned yeah Tori was uh very patient with us yes yeah (laughs) we
1: we went through some some intense rocky situations and we had to be like Tori can we just can we just please keep working with you but could you have a a little uh could you we're having some trouble here could
0: you just forgive us first of all and she
1: was just very sweet
0: yeah tori's an amazing artist um and this piece of art is very special so you can get it on a t-shirt mm-hmm. and that's the part of the pre-sales of this new t-shirt uh it comes in natural which is like an off white and a vintage black which yeah. is kind of an off black it's one of our favorites that's right um And if you buy a T-shirt.
1: This is my favorite part.
0: (laughs) If you buy this pre-sale, by the way, these are shipping in July. This is a pre-sale. So once we have them actually manufactured, you get a free postcard. That's right. Four by six postcard of the same art. Yep. So it's a little print. You can send it to one of your tree buds. You can keep it as I would and put it on your wall as a little art print. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's all very exciting and here's the best part. Casey, I want you to introduce this.
1: Okay. So I and you, Alex, we had another project that we were going to do. We kind of, uh, pivoted a little bit from that yes. and it was that we were going to make a bunch of postcards and send it off. And if you wanted and you were willing to, I don't know, throw us a, throw us a couple more bucks, we would write personalized letters on <laughs> that postcard and send it over to you. Yeah. We decided that that's still a great idea. So if you were to buy this pre-sale and uh, add a little four bucks to that, we'll write you a haiku on that card and send it over to you. That's right. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Me too. I really like haikus. So yes. if you guys want to get a haiku written by Alex and Casey of Completely Arbitrary, go get that pre-order, get that shirt, get Hell that yeah. card. We'll make it happen.
0: And Casey, the third and final big... Pillar of this sale. What makes it so special? Yeah, is that I look. I look around my shoulders. Yeah, yeah.
1: Make sure no one's, Make sure no one's around. Yeah. So when um <laughs> uh when the FBI was in Donald Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago um <laughs> uh-huh. resort, they not only found a bunch of classified information in documents hidden away, they also found secret cones from the Cone of the Month Club you know. store that just they just released the 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 information. Turns out, there's five cone of the month club cones that are released, and you can get them right now during this sale.
0: I know that you're not supposed to do this in improv, but I reject that premise. (laughs)
1: Oh, what? Come on! I I don't
0: want that man. (laughs) associated with our pod. Oh,
1: but I think it's such a funny idea, Alex. All right. Well, why would he have them? (laughs) Well, because he's a, you know, he's, I don't know. He's a, just, he, yeah, you know, they're they're classified. So he's just like, well, I got to have that. You know, they're, they're, uh, what is, the, what is the term I'm looking for? Yeah, They're coveted. I see. So he coveted them. <laughs> and uh, weren't supposed to get them because uh, you got to be a part of the Patreon. Uh, so he was just, you know, he co-opted someone, bought them all, and then okay. took them from them. I don't know. Fair enough. There's, there's a way to get there.
0: It's not like we, like our fans, and sent him...
1: <laughs> Donald Trump is a patron member?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, he's not. All right, fine. Yes, and... <laughs> Um, you can buy one of each of these cones. Yep. They are the Monterey Pine,
1: the China Fir,
0: the Sitka Spruce,
1: the Canada Yew. Damn it, I was going to say that one. Uh oh. And the Big Boy Bunya.
0: The Big Boy Bunya. That's right. And we'll send those to you in an envelope. For a very limited time.
1: Exactly. We're only going to sell those for two weeks because you have to join the Patreon, the Cone Month Club, to get those cones and get access to all of the other cones That's right. that we've ever done. But we, uh, we have a lot. So we said, hey, you know what? We want to entice you guys to get on that, uh, get on that bandwagon, get into the Patreon. And uh, so this is a, a little way of saying... There's more where that came from. <laughs> you want a little taste? Get on in. <laughs> so go to arbitrarypod.com yep. slash merch. Go check out what we have for offer. Yes. See if there's something that uh, that uh, tickles your fancy.
0: Yeah. I love it, Case. Casey, this week, we're talking about a tree as we do every week.
1: That's true. I do want to add one more thing. What's that? I have yet to find one of our stickers out in the wild.
0: Casey, me either, and
1: I really want that.
0: Can I tell? Can I tell you a little dark, kind of embarrassing thing?
1: Uh, yeah, sure.
0: Whenever I am out in public and I see a car that has a lot of stickers on it, yeah, yeah, my, I do a quick scan with my eyes. I do too. For a completely arbitrary I sticker. Wanna, yeah, I want to it. Is that find vain?
1: It? It's, I don't think so. It's just more like, <gasps> is that a fan? Would, I usually, yeah. it's like a person that has already like stickers that would lead you to think they yes. may be interested in nature and tree themed podcasts. In fact,
0: a couple weeks ago, I was in a parking lot yeah. and I was getting in my car and a car had pulled up next to me. It was covered in tree and nature themed stickers. Oh my God. And I could, I was like incredulous That they didn't have, I almost wanted to like talk to them and be like, hi, I have a couple on me. Can I give these to you? Would
1: would you have approached them and been like, I know you're a listener. I can tell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where's Cones? (laughs) Don't lie to my face.
1: Uh, Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I I have not had anything. I haven't been uh, so let down so far. (laughs) Mostly because I haven't ever found it. So I don't know what it would be like to actually get a hold of, uh, you know, something like that.
0: Did I tell you that I was recognized? No. Um, I was in a, so I'm going to keep this in because I know we're running a little long on our introduction here. I'm going to keep this in because, um, I hope this person is listening. I didn't get their name, unfortunately, because I was a little starstruck. (laughs) Um, I was in an art shop, like an art supply store Uh in hood river. And I was like by the window looking at something and I looked up and there was a a person walking outside and we made eye contact. And it was, like, a little, like, one of those eye contacts that's kind of, like, stuttery, and, like, you're kind of looking up and down. Yeah. And it was, like, tense. And they walk in, and they're, like, they go to the other side of the table of the thing I'm looking at. And (laughs) we do the same thing, this, like, stuttery eye contact.
1: That's amazing.
0: And then she goes i know you do you are you alex Croson? (laughs) i was like yeah (laughs) do you have a podcast about trees yes (laughs) it was so wild casey that
1: is a that is a very funny way of how that happened yeah like it was like almost like intentionally like i'm gonna go in the store and act like i'm looking at this like (laughs) looking at these records but you're just looking above them looking across the the aisle yeah classic it was
0: it was a lot of fun nice. so hello to that person hello to you if you're listening to this i had a great time meeting you i'm so sorry that i didn't ask your name i was i was I was, like i said i was starstruck yeah
1: you were starstruck to
0: see a fungal associate in the wild yeah honestly.
1: hey honestly that's what we that's what we live for yeah mm.
0: casey the other anyway. thing we live for and that lived for us and exclusively us oh, under wow. our dominion is <laughs> trees. Oh. oh,
1: Alex, if you didn't say something, I was gonna be like, all right, whole, this whole show is derailed. <laughs> we have to interrupt some bad
0: ideas here. Uh, and we are talking about a tree this week as we do every week and this week. Is the blue Palo Verde? That is right. A tree that I never once have heard of.
1: It's a great tree. It's a great tree to hear of. If you are probably from the Southwest, mm-hmm. specifically Arizona, you've heard of this tree. Okay. You've seen it everywhere.
0: So we often say, like, um, I think a, a, a tropic character I brought up a couple times. Yeah. Is your great aunt living in Arizona who wants uh, to plant a dogwood in her yeah, front yard? Yes, yeah. So this might be one of those trees that would be available to yes, her.
1: Yes, this is the one. All right. Yeah, correct.
0: Well, Casey, we have lots to say about it. So thank you for listening to our pitch for our solstice sale. We're going to talk about trees, but we got to take a break. We will be right back with more completely arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today, we are talking the Blue Palo Verde.
1: That's right, Alex. Blue Palo Verde. Do you know the scientific name?
0: I do, in fact, Casey. What do do you have? It's something like Parkinson's.
1: Yeah. Parkinsonia
0: is it related to Parkinson's disease
1: uh, I don't believe so I think it's different Parkinson that named the disease or that has the disease named after that person right this is named after one Mr. John Parkinson okay who is an English was I should say an English pharmacist between 1567 and
0: 1650 a 17th century pharmacist yes Wow,
1: I just want to know more. <laughs> well, interesting that you do. He is a very curious figure, actually. Uh, he was the first apothecary to James the I of England. Holy shit. And he also was one of the founding members of the Worshipful Society of Apothecaries.
0: So he was like the Maester Lewin living with the royal family. I
1: believe that's exactly it. And very cool, wow. And you know what else is kind of curious about him? He seems like he was kind of a a funny guy Hmm. because he wrote a (laughs) book that's called Paradisi in Sole Paradisus Terrestris, which means park in suns, as in park dash in dash sun, as in a park that oh. is in sunlight. Okay. So it's Parkinson's terrestrial paradise. He wrote this book in 1629, uh-huh. and it's a he literally named the book a pun of his own name.
0: Oh my god! Because his name this is guy. Parkinson. <laughs> This guy, we gotta get a beer with this guy. We gotta do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna try and get him on the show. We're gonna we're gonna have our people call his people.
0: He is instantly in the canon of uh, people that fit on this podcast, right?
1: And this is this is one thing that he said. Uh, This is the explanatory subtitle of this book. Okay, a garden with all sorts of pleasant flowers, which our English air will permit to be nursed up. Wow, isn't that great?
0: Man, Casey, anyway. let's. I can't wait to hear more about this this funny guy, as you call him.
1: Yeah. I, well, honestly, we don't have much more about. Him. That's <laughs> <quite> <laughs> I'll send up. We'll, we'll put a link. Uh, we'll put a link about him in the uh, in the, to the Wikipedia page. My
0: apologies, <laughs> uh, but let's imagine, as we do every episode, Casey, that Links. you and I are walking through your great aunt's front yard in yeah. Arizona, yeah. and we come across her prized. Blue Palo Verde tree.
1: Oh, right.
0: Let's ID this tree.
1: Let's get into it, Alex. So here's the thing. Blue Palo Verde. Blue Palo Verde.
0: Well, you kind of said it correctly in Spanish because the V in Spanish is more like a B sound. Really? they?
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Well, shoot. I've been saying Spanish words for a long time. That's why I need Duolingo. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Parkinsonia, Florida today. Yes. Which is the, pl- the blue Palo Verde.
0: And Florida, I have learned, I've come to learn... In science speak, yeah, does not mean that it's from Florida. No, it means flowering.
1: Yes, or like full of flowers. Yes, that kind like of thing.
0: flower, flowerful.
1: Yes, exactly. That's perfect. Yeah. So this is that there are a few other species that are closely related. One is called uh, Microphylla Parkinsonia Microphylla. It's called the foothills Palo Verde. Big leaf. Yeah. Uh, no, small leaf. Micro. Oh, excuse
0: me. I thought you said, I thought yeah. you said macro.
1: Sorry, pardon me. So they uh, these are two trees that are um, very closely related. If you live in the the south, kind of uh, just generally the southern half of the United States mm. down into Mexico, you're probably familiar with one of these species. Uh, the Microphylla species kind of grows a little bit more uh, widely, kind of grows even as far over to... Um, actually, there might be another species too. There's there's a couple, there's at least four that are in the kind of southwest area. Um, but some of them grow all the way over to like South Carolina and then California down into Mexico.
0: So are these different types of blue verde or palo verde trees? Yes, exactly. Okay, palo but, verde is like
1: the first oak. name. Maple oak, exactly, okay, okay. yeah, which just means in Spanish, uh, green stick. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the <laughs> the sticks are green. Yeah. What, what would it? What, what would a you? What romantic have done? language? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? What if we was like, yeah, it's called the uh, the the Palo Verde, which means green stick because its needles are purple.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, that Many would be pretty random.
1: It would be very ungood. <laughs> no, no. This is a tree named very appropriately. And uh, the one we're talking about only grows down in Southern California, Arizona, a little bit in Northern Mexico, and then some, I think just the tiniest bit in New Mexico. Okay. But for the most part, down that deep southwest, it's an Arizona tree. I think it's the Arizona State tree. Oh, wow. Fact, yes. So, How about Just that? so you know. So it is a tree. It doesn't get very tall, maybe about 30 feet tall, nice rounded crown, mm. maybe gets about 25 feet outwards, but it's in the pea family, and it does not get very, very big and large. Okay. Most likely the reason is it grows in the desert
0: resources are slim very slim it kind of has to just work on surviving not like competing
1: yeah exactly and i read something that uh called it uh what was the term the term was branch deciduous which means essentially it will like die and and kill off its outer branches if it gets too uh too stressed
0: is that the same as shade intolerance
1: um no not quite this,
0: this is like This is like, uh, uh uh-oh, something's going on. In the same way that some trees uh, send out new shoots like in the middle of their trunk under stress. if
1: something's happening. Right, this one
0: will just like drop. Limbs. It's
1: it's the literal same thing. Wow. Where it gets stressed, and so it maybe can't put as much water out to the periphery. Okay. So then that periphery dies, and then it re-sprouts from wherever the periphery, kind of the new periphery is, wherever there was enough water in the cells, you know, three quarters of the way up. So then everything, the last quarter dies, but then it re-sprouts from that, you know, the, the end, which is just what trees do. So branch deciduous is just like, Oh, yeah. So it dies back. It's a tree. It's just a tree. It's just, it does what normal trees would do. I don't think this tree, uh, to say it's branch deciduous, Uh is making it akin to deciduousness uh, in the leaves, which this is also a deciduous tree, but curiously, it is a drought deciduous tree, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But that's
0: Can I put, can I say something about uh, branch deciduous? Yeah is like something that this tree would put on its resume to make it sound like...
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a self-starter. It's branch deciduous. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you get it. It totally is.
0: Oh, you mean you're just a tree? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I like to think I'm, you know, more branch deciduous.
1: Yeah, it's like, okay. All right. It's a buzzword, right? It's a
0: buzzword. Yeah. It's all PR. Well, Casey, speaking of overall morphology, I think that this tree... It looks very akin to the um, golden rain tree that we talked about a it couple weeks. Does ago.
1: yes, Be- and that is because it has big yellow flowers, right?
0: Yeah, well, that too, but yes. also just like kind of its overall form. Oh,
1: I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Not so much up, but definitely out.
1: Exactly, and that's a big thing of like desert plants as well. They grow further out than they grow up because <sighs> it's it's easier to grow out wide because you don't have to push things as high up in terms of resources getting Shh. you know oh. pressure up to the top.
0: Interesting. Oh, I've never thought about that. That's a really interesting case. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, like the acacia thorns and things yes. like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll Umbrella see tree, the, the, the height. Yeah, exactly.
0: Wow. So it's easier yeah. cuz there's less gravity essentially, right? Uh, or like yeah, there's less not a, pressure.
1: Not as far to go, really yeah, is what yeah. it comes down okay. to. Yeah. So you also get shade out more ground underneath you so you don't your roots don't uh have to deal with so much sun oh hitting the ground. So it's a little bit less intense. Brilliant. Yeah. So it works out very well for many trees.
0: Um, Casey, can we talk about? Let's. I, I kind of want to save the the flowers and the leaves for last. Oh
1: yeah. Okay oh, I got you. I got plenty more. Well, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> can we talk about the bark?
1: Yeah, the bark is the thing, isn't it? It's the green part of ah, the tree.
0: This is the Verde Palo.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it is a tree that has a uh, very smooth green bark. That kind of has little lenticels on it, little warty bits, and those warty bits will be everywhere all over the smooth green kind of smaller younger stems and then almost all at once they will transition into some much more intense bark Mm. that actually is gray and not quite furrowed but it looks just rough like i describe it as like cement that has been weathered and beaten and not smooth for like you know decades. Wow, you know like it's been kind of smashed a little bit. You know it's broken up and cracked. It's it's not really like uh, intense, but it's just very textured. You know,
0: you know that um, when you buy a watermelon, and I think I think farmers called that watermelon watermelon farmers call this webbing, uh-huh. and it's like this sort of off yellow brown sort of like um, it almost looks like a almost looks like a uh, sort of cankerous, sort of growth.
1: Yeah, I think I know what you're talking okay. about.
0: Okay, it's sort of that. It look feels like it, yeah. Stri- like really rough and like stretched
1: and yeah. fucked up. Yeah. And and, but I assume that it's a perfectly reasonable thing for this tree to be doing because it may be uh, adaptions towards fires or perhaps even flooding because it grows mm. in these washes where water is more likely to be, but they're also, they have really deep root systems. I see. So it might be that they'd be growing in a spot that would have flash floods that would come over so if you have thicker bark as things bash into it you're a little bit more protected you also are protected if fire comes through but fire's are ironically not very common because everything in the deserts are usually so spaced apart. There's not enough fuel next to everything to actually just have fire go whoo, go through.
0: I see. Yeah. It like dies before it gets to the next
1: thing. Yeah, exactly. So pretty interesting bark. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. The green part I think is really the, oh, the yeah. thing, right? For sure. And here's the thing. that. Is doing the photosynthesis for this tree.
0: Whoa! Yeah. Only while it's green.
1: Only while it's green, but the bark is green all the time.
0: What about when it gets the the gray
1: craggies? Well, okay, yeah, I guess other than that. Okay. But the, it's like year round green bark wherever it's not super intensely uh, old, and the tree only lives to be about a hundred, so it doesn't really get you know gigantic. So the green is mostly. Two thirds of the whole entire crown is covered with small enough twigs and sticks that they're just perfectly green. This is
0: very strange. So the bark is photosynthesizing. Exactly. Is this? This is sort of like uh, the saguaro cactus.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: I see the la- the crossover there. They're both Precisely. desert plants.
1: Yeah. Not only that, but this is a tree that is a nursery for saguaros. We'll talk about that a little bit too. Wow.
0: Yeah. What a tease.
1: So this is, uh, it's very similar to the cactus. You're 100% right. The green in the bark, and a couple other species do this, but it's an adaptation where it basically doesn't need its leaves to photosynthesize. Mm. It can just go straight through what it has. It uses its leaves only when there's enough water to push its leaves out. Okay. So, whenever the monsoons come, Poosh, the tree's like woo, takes a huge swig and then just puts on its fancy hat. Hell yeah, parties.
0: <laughs> Interesting. What? Yeah. What
1: the hell? Why? Why? Why is all
0: this happening?
1: Well, it lives in the desert, so it has to have these adaptations to make sure that it can survive and not just die. If for whatever reason it doesn't get any amount of water for, I don't know, let's say a year, uh-huh. how is it going to make any energy?
0: So the, uh, is it like the leaves are more like sensitive and like? Uh, at risk than the bark
1: yeah exactly okay so actually a lot of desert plants do this um the ocotillo is another plant that does this Hmm. it grows up in these very long straight stems which kind of look like these uh they're just covered in thorns from head to toe and they have no branches they just look like a thousand maybe okay it's like 10 like sticks that just grow up and out they it looks like some someone just took a bunch of pick up sticks and just went, boop, 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 and put them all together, right, same base, and then they just kind of splay outwards. Hmm. And then, every time there is a spring rain, they'll go like, whoop, and send out a bunch of little teeny tiny leaves, but then as soon as it gets too hot, the leaves, which are drought deciduous, will just go and fall off to the ground, and now they are waiting for the next rain to come. Wow. Yeah.
0: This must all happen so fast.
1: Um, it doesn't, it, it takes a couple of weeks and, and it'll last for a good amount of, of time because yeah. they're they're already adapted to using the smallest amount of water. So as soon as water comes in and the the plant takes it all up, then it starts to do photosynthesis. And maybe during the monsoon seasons, there's, you know, rains, I think in the spring and there's rains in the late summer i think something like that Mm, okay so they have these times of of you know plenty but it just doesn't last and then in between those times the conditions are really harsh usually just really hot
0: yeah yeah
1: so in this case they are plants that are just adapted to this and they would keep their leaves out for at least a couple weeks probably a couple months in the right conditions interesting and then they would drop them when conditions get too too rough and tumble
0: wow okay so the leaves are being are just like better at foe's synthesizing than the bark
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah they're 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 designed purpose built for it whereas the the bark is kind of adapted and they they do very well but the leaves add that big nice boost of energy gotcha so speaking of the leaves alex the leaves are very curious Hmm. it took me a while to figure this out but they are bipinnately compound hell yeah now being bipinnately compound is one thing but when you look at them you wouldn't know it because when they pop out there's just two pinnae which means the tree has or the leaf has one pair of initial pinnately compound units and then each one of those has another subset of leaves on it that are broken up so when you look at it you think there's just two single leaves mm-hmm. that are pinnately compound but they themselves are part of one leaf which makes it bipinnately compound wow are you following
0: <laughs> that was my wow for like i have many different wows.
1: <laughs> i honestly i it, i wasn't sure if i could explain this well
0: well i think you did fine i think okay. it's just like an in, it's an interesting new concept it is to me it's,
1: well so imagine a uh a pinnately compound leaf. So you have that normal rachis that goes down the middle and then you have the individual leaflets coming off left and right, left and right, left and right. So that is a pinnately compound leaf. A bipinnately compound leaf would then have each one of those leaflets would then be broken up further into leaflets of its, you know, of themselves. Yes. So you have leaflets on leaflets on one leaf. Yeah. So this plant instead of having multiple leaflets on that very first kind of breakup where you have that normal main stem and then left and right, left and right, left and right. Mm -hmm. This just has one left and one, right. There's not even a main rachis. It just splits immediately into two. And then those two have leaflets on them.
0: I see. And those two are leaflets of one leaf. Correct. Wow, what the fuck?
1: It's really weird. That's and very strange. So I really had to like look into this because I, I needed to know for sure, and I confirmed it. So if anyone is looking up uh, any photos of the blue Palo Verde, you will see these leaves coming out, and they're all in pairs. So you just see leaflet one and leaflet two each of which is covered in their own leaflets.
0: I would like to say about the leaflets, please, or the leaves. Um,
1: yeah, what? What are we even gonna call them?
0: <laughs> I leaves. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. They're huh? beautiful.
1: They are, aren't they?
0: They're gorgeous little things. They're just
1: beautiful. They're in the pea family. Pea family plants, especially in the desert, they always have those pinnately compound things. Okay. But these, Alex, I'm just so on board with. Like, they just look so delicate and waxy and like dainty. Little clovers Yeah, they look exactly. It's exactly it. Also in the pea family. How
0: about that? Casey? How about that? They've also got kind of an olive leaf, yeah, vibe. Very I think the light color, bluish, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like Which that is sage. It should be
1: another thing. This olive. is the, this is the blue Palo Verde, right? Yeah, it it's hard to use the color, isn't it? <laughs> I, I heard that it's very olive colored, like a. Uh, All of them. <laughs> <laughs> like <a> refrigerator <laughs>
0: from the fifties.
1: The yeah, blue Palo Verde is called such because the the actual green stick is a little bit bluish tinged,
0: I see. and I have
1: a feeling, Alex, that they also said, well, these leaves also are a little bit blue tinged.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. Yes, They're spot on. I definitely, yeah, they're gorgeous. I they're very unique looking too. They're just like little lily pads.
1: Yeah, right. And at the base also of each in the one, pea family. Also <laughs> in the pea family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish they have a little a little thorn right at the base of them too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, if you find the right ones that are wild, they will be un, uh, undesirable <laughs> in terms of handshaking.
0: I see. Yes. Uh, well, Casey, you mentioned you've we've mentioned several times that these these trees are in the pea family. We have. Um, do they grow? A pea pod.
1: They do. After and only after putting on a spectacular display of yellow flowers.
0: Well, should we talk about it chronologically? We sure should. Okay. Flowers first.
1: Flowers first. They begin with these beautiful yellow flowers. Five petals. And they're in the pea family, which means they usually are offset in terms of uh, symmetry. So are you familiar with uh, symmetry, like radial symmetry? Yes. Okay. Now, just in case you're not familiar.
0: (laughs) Casey thinks I'm not.
1: (laughs) If you have uh, a a wheel uh, of a bicycle Mm -hmm. or of a car, that has radial symmetry. So it's radial in that you can just move it a little bit, and then at some point, it will have the same exact pattern that it had before you moved it. So any flower that has five petals that are exactly the same will have that same radial symmetry, where you rotate it one-fifth. I guess, what is one-fifth of 360 degrees? That's our question. One-fifth that around be the circle. <laughs> it was. One-fifth around that circle, and then it'll be exactly the same. And you okay. do that five times, and it'll be back to the beginning. You've had five times that you've twisted it, and it looks exactly the same. So
0: it's, it's just a symmetrical flower.
1: Exactly. But this is not radially symmetrical. This is symmetrical left and right vertically. So if you look at it's it, mirrored. There's one exactly, yeah. It's mirrored between left and right. And okay. pea family plants do this. They often have one the fifth petal doing something weird. Oh wow! Yeah, like it's kind of offset in some weird way. Yes. It's kind of modified to be a little bit different here a, or there. I'm
0: imagining like an orchid that has like a little coiffed hair on yes. top. Yes,
1: yeah, very similar. Now, very different families. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. A, a similar floral idea. Okay. You're 100 right there. Cool, interesting. Yeah. So this one is the uh it has that vertical symmetry and then these nice little uh stamen that pop out that are very orange and some of these have orange dots on the petals themselves mm. quite stunning they really are it's just a tree that's just like it's got it's kind of just it's a very attractive tree it's kind of got it all okay yeah, it really does it's kind of clueless it's kind of clueless yeah what does Alicia, that mean,
0: Alicia Silverstone and Clueless? Oh, she's got it all. She's smart. Oh. She's funny.
1: I guess. All right. Good point. Yeah.
0: Uh, she gets to hang out with Paul Rudd. What? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Um. Okay. Anyway, where were we, Casey? We
1: were about to talk about this pea pod. Yes. Because it has a Peapod. It's How in the fun. pea family. Yeah. Now the Peapod is exactly as you would expect. The fun thing is, it has a like maybe two or three seeds, and it. it's about two or three inches long. Each seed is about like uh maybe a half an inch or so a couple uh, maybe about maybe about a centimeter and a half or so okay and they are edible and they grow in these pods that are kind of uh Trunk wrapped around them is yes. the best way to describe it. Yeah. So they kind of get skinnier than get wider mm-hmm. and skinnier and wider.
0: Shrink wrap is perfect.
1: Oh, thank you, Alex. Good job. So these, uh, these little things are like so edible for many different peoples. However, mm. um, I've heard some people cook them and others eat it raw. Some people will cook it as a last resort, a famine food, if you will. Right. The others just use it as a normal part of their diet. Interesting. Yeah, but then also animals and all sorts of uh, different creatures will... I guess there's, you know, animals are different creatures. (laughs) Anyway... Animals will eat the heck out of it all the time. Yeah, little, little mice, all sorts of um, desert creatures that are looking for a little vegetable matter. Interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty good. It's a, it's a pretty good thing. It's pretty
0: unsuspecting. I look at it, I'm like, I probably shouldn't eat that.
1: Yeah, and honestly, it's it's not something that I understand to be like, oh, let's go out and forage for this right. because it tastes like you know edamame. But that's <laughs> how I'm told you would eat it.
0: As uh, Paul F. Tompkins says about crab apples, it's not something that you would take a bite out of and say, yum, yum.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. I appreciate that so much.
0: Well, Casey, that that was a very comprehensive roundup of these of this tree's parts.
1: You're going to be able to identify this. Uh, we, we probably went way too far. It's, the name of it is green stick. When you see something that is a green stick, sure. call it a green stick and you've just <laughs> identified it. <laughs>
0: Sound like a local. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those trees that just, like has a lot of components,
1: yeah. And each one is like unique and worth it to talk about,
0: yeah. It but has a spike. It has a flower. It has interesting leaves. It has a fruit.
1: Uh, it's branch deciduous. yeah. it's 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 is it trying too hard? We'll find out in the review. We'll find out in the review. But Alex, before we get there, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about this tree. I want to talk a little bit about this tree and the role that it plays in this uh, this desert ecosystem.
0: Fantastic. All right, Wilford. <laughs> what did you say? Wilford? <laughs> well, you sound like Wilford Brimley right there. Ah, uh, yes. Ecosystem.
1: Ecosystem. All right. So here's the thing about this Palo Verde. It's a tree that is the right tree for the right place for our great mm. aunt's house, this is the one to plant. All right. Don't plant your dogwood. It's a dumb idea. This tree, once it gets established, it just doesn't need anything. Wow. It just lives. Okay. It's, it's a deep root system. Not only that. Deep. Okay. Deep root system that adds nitrogen to the soil. It's got
0: a DRS?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it's got a DRS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, what, the, what does that mean?
0: Um, and then it's, it fixes nitrogen, eh?
1: Exactly. So like many different plants in the legume family, <laughs> mm. they have little bacteria in their roots that fix mm. nitrogen from the air and release it into the soil around
0: them. Okay. They take ni- nitrogen from the air. Yes. Okay. So And they make it palatable to soil.
1: Yeah, essentially, yeah. Because in nitrogen, I think, what, like 80% of our atmosphere is nitrogen? Something like that. Yeah, it's N2 because they nitrogens just go on top of each other. Okay. So that is unusable to most things. We neither either need it as a, I think it's a nitrate rather than a nitrite. Mm. Those can be uh, locked away in something like ammonium or something like that and then uh, goes out into the soil and it's a way that plants can use it. Interesting. Yeah, so it's a very good... Good, very good thing that they do. And because they do that and they lose their leaves, photosynthesize through their bark, they have like dappled shade that comes mm. underneath. And that is why they're good for other cactus.
0: Wow! So the
1: cactus can go down, get nitrogen from the soil underneath the Palo Verde. It has enough sunlight that it can still photosynthesize through its uh, branches that have green in it, which is just the main stem. And it'll slowly grow up through this thing. So a saguaro, for instance, will be a nursed plant underneath the realm of a Palo Verde, and then it will grow up and take over. Wow. Take over the Palo Verde. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Palo Verde would kind of grow, you know, it kind of doesn't get more than 30 feet tall. Sure. Whereas the Saguaro can get like up to 50 feet tall. Oh, yeah. Forget that about those. Yeah. And I think in the desert, they don't get near as tall as they would in like a nice landscaped area where there's yeah. a little bit more water and things okay. like that. So, um they are the the kind of precursor to all the cactuses that you'd see, I should say cacti mm. that you'd see growing in other places. So they are a nursery tree is what they call it, but not as a nurse log that is dead. Right. This is a lo- a living kind of uh kind of nurse that wow. helps let's say Norse different other plants.
0: Norse tree.
1: It's a Norse tree.
0: <laughs> it grows up in Valhalla.
1: Yeah. And now, isn't um, that kind of isn't that kind of fun? Like uh it makes me think, Alex. Hmm. Uh and I'm curious of your opinion Ooh, on this. Casey's
0: got a philosophy incoming.
1: So the the deserts of the southwest are known for cactus. Like cacti are only a North and South America thing. There's like one or two really? species elsewhere. Yeah. Interesting. And now there is uh um euphorbia can become cactus like and like a succulent and that grows all over the place? Okay. But cactus in like the succulent cactus way with the big spines that yeah, everyone knows. Yeah. That is a phenomenon that developed in North and South America and almost nowhere else in the world. That's very fascinating. So, endemic. It's exactly. It's an endemic kind of thing to this section. Yeah. So, that is it's iconic, right? Like you go down to I mean, I have a tattoo of a Saguaro cactus on is. me from Kristen best. Everyone go go get a <laughs> tattoo from her. From Inside
0: the, recess yeah, exactly. in Portland.
1: So it's such a fun shop. So we um that's like the thing that we see. But I'm here to say I think that I think that the Palo Verde got the short end of that green stick. Wow. Because they're the ones that like do everything. Yeah. The cactus are just the 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 superstars that get the, you know the the prize at the end of the day they're the one that goes and walks across the stage in the oscars whereas everyone who did the real work is back there just getting a pat on the back
0: this is a classic george lucas's wife situation what, what is that what do you mean i should know her first name that's oh, kind of going against my point here, exactly
1: but, hey, well, but it's or, also or for my point. i was gonna say it's probably proving the point
0: yeah um well his his He, George Lucas, uh, you know, has many ideas Yeah. and apparently the first cut of Star Wars, the first edit was like nonsense.
1: Oh, I think you told me that. And
0: his wife was like, you need like some emotion in this. (laughs) Like you need to cut it with some heart. And he was like, what is heart?
1: What is heart? I'm an Android.
0: So the, the, the story is maybe this has been disproven or something, but that she, she re-edited it.
1: Interesting. And that's what we
0: have today.
1: back to the Palo Verde. Yeah. It would grow on Tatooine. Yes, I know. That's what everyone was wondering. Wow. Anyway. So this is a tree that is like, Imminently designed for the desert as we already noted it has green bark yes so it photosynthesizes without needing leaves at all same adaptation that the cactus has done that the ocotillo has done all sorts of plants killer app great decision mm-hmm. it also is drought deciduous which is literally the same mechanism as any other deciduous plant which is essentially it needs to protect itself from losing water It just so happens up in the northern climes we have really cold winters and water just gets sucked out of leaves that aren't protected with Mm. a big, nice waxy coating. Because of that lack of waxy coating, deciduous leaves say, "Ah, I'm going to lose too much water, so I'm going to go dormant and let my leaves fall so I don't lose any water over Mm. the course of this very cold, usually dry winter. You ever had like your skin crack in the middle of January? Same exact thing. Thing okay. That plants that are deciduous have basically said, "Not dealing with that."
0: You know, it's weird. In, in January, my lips fall off.
1: Yeah, I have noticed that. You look yeah. very much like, um, like that person from uh, it's a Neo from the Matrix when his lips get <laughs> oh, sewn yeah. together. That's what I imagine. <laughs> oh, God. it's not quite the same, but his lips, they the the CGI, eh, it's not great.
0: It didn't age. It didn't age well.
1: Yeah, but it's very scary. So for our palo verde,
0: yeah, the
1: leaves are deciduous for the same reason. In lack of water, but it's not because it's so cold and windy and harsh in the wintertime. It's because it's hot as hell. So its leaves, as they start to lose just a little too much water, they will just close up and then drop off. Are there many other desert plants that
0: have borrowed this adaptation? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, quite a few. Ocotillo, like I said earlier, is a great example. Oh, yeah. Um, Any plant that is mostly stick- (laughs) it will grow all these cool leaves just at the time when there's a lot of monsoonal water that comes and then it'll use it for a while. Then it'll drop away. Okay. Okay. There's there's also trees in the tropics that do this in India, for example, Hmm. when it gets really hot in the dry season, all those trees will lose their leaves. And then you'll have this, like this forest that, For all intents and purposes, looks just like a forest that you've ever seen anywhere else. Obviously, the trees are different, and there's monkeys and tigers running around. Yeah. But all the leaves will fall like a nice deciduous forest. Wow. Except it's just like blisteringly hot. Wow. Isn't that fun?
0: That's really interesting, Casey. Yeah.
1: Drought deciduousness, which is a real kind of deciduousness as opposed to branch deciduousness, which is just that a tree is just really stressed (laughs) and dies back. And, and, you know, has to regrow from a new space. So that is the, that, so that for our tree, my thesis here yes. is that it is perfectly, perfectly adapted to these desert environments. Yeah, it seems like it. It gives food away to all the other creatures that mm-hmm. are around. So those creatures will bury that seed in their, their mittens and then it will regrow the plant. So the plant's got that down. It is a drought. Deciduous, so it'll lose its leaves whenever it gets too hot and right. photosynthesize right through its bark. Yeah. It will add nitrogen to the soil and make that more palatable for other plants and it will shade them, but not too much so that you can have this nursery space. So my thesis is that the wow. Palo Verde is the true desert specialist and all the other plants that are out there growing are just growing on the back of the Palo Verde.
0: Holy shit. That's what
1: I think. That's, I mean, I guess <laughs> it's what I think, but not based on me being like, here's my hot take. This is me looking at the facts and saying, I conclude thus, right. that it should actually be Palo Verde national park instead of Sawaro national park
0: that's incredible
1: honestly i've been there but i didn't pay much attention to the palo verde they were there so uh, you know i guess maybe someone and maybe maybe they have that maybe i i didn't look up uh saguaro national park and their population nor opinion of the palo verde i think that that they might really be the the key to the ecosystem i know that the ecosystem can probably survive without them but I think they might be playing such a key role that any of the other animals and cacti that are growing around might just have a harder time, sure. getting it done.
0: Thrive versus survive.
1: Exactly. I think that the Palais verde is is this this connector, this this wow. uh, this bringing together uh, of of all these different animals. I think it's a, a keystone species. I don't think is quite perfect Ooh, here. Okay. But I think it's a network builder. Wow, you know, I think it's I think it's those things that work underground, and they're just like, hold on, I know a guy, and then it goes and calls this other thing, and makes this happen, and make this happen. Now you connected, and boom, <laughs> you you got the deal you were looking for. That's incredible.
0: Case, yeah, this is what I think. Well, I I have so much to say in my review. I feel like I have more to say in my review than I have in the episode proper. Oh well, not to say that the review is not a part of the episode, but you know it's. It's a it's a bit of an epilogue.
1: Well, I have given my side of this story, so I think we should I think we should hear what you have to say then.
0: Let's do it, Casey. I've got things to say. But we gotta send you to a little break. A word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more completely arbitrary.
1: Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824, Terms and Conditions Apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
0: One and a two.
1: That was, was not the right
0: beat. <laughs> Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today, we talked the blue Palo Verde, and we're about to give a number rating to this tree. Here's how it works. We're gonna give some final thoughts on this tree mm-hmm. and then give it a rating of zero to ten golden cones of honor. Alex, Casey. Wow.
1: I want you to go first this time. <gasps>
0: this is unprecedented. This
1: is not. I believe it's happened <laughs> at least once before. All right. So it's almost that. I feel like in the news cycle recently, in the last couple of years, people have been, been like, This is unprecedented. Right. And then somebody at some point was like, I mean, I hate saying this because every everything is everyone says it now, but anyway. This is unprecedented. Uh. They were just like they, they were so, so upset because it's just like thrown around like so much cheese.
0: Yeah, and just like moves the goalposts yeah, it's for like, all oh, these God. bad yeah. things. What, oh, what
1: is precedented anymore? Anyway. Right, true. So technically there is a precedent and I think because when we ended, you said that you have so many things you want to say. I've had my time. I think you should go.
0: This is amazing. And my mind goes blank.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um... I think this tree's blue, <laughs> and therefore...
0: Um, Casey, uh, so here's the, here's the thing. Yeah. I like a tree that has a special thing. Okay, yeah. For me, most of those are fruit trees. I was gonna say,
1: most most of that means, like, does this tree grow a mango? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this tree, I, I think, does have a special thing. In mm-hmm. fact, I think it has several special things. Mm-hmm. I love a tree with many elements. This is like a fucking this is combo pizza from round Roundtable. Yeah, it really, got a is. bunch of toppings on this yeah, tree. Yeah,
1: we gotta do a tree that's got nothing. Like, let's do like the the cheese pizza of trees, yeah,
0: like a margarita. Yeah, or a we... pizza rosa, yeah. which is just sauce.
1: What? Oh my god! Not even dough.
0: <laughs> it's a bowl of sauce. <laughs> Here's your
1: pizza rosa.
0: I love the pea pod thing. I love pea family stuff. Mm. They're so curious and funny. They're over there doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. I love that. Of course, I love a Southern Californian tree. Mm,
1: This is the most Southern of California you can get.
0: And I'm about to say something a little strong worded, but they Mm. don't have many options. It's nice to see like, you know, have you seen, you've seen the LA streets?
1: Yeah, that, that is very true. Yeah, they don't have, I mean, but they, they do have a lot of options. Like. Southern California—they got a lot of different trees.
0: I understand. I guess what I'm saying is like I didn't see a lot of diversity in the street tree ah, action there.
1: Okay, but I maybe see.
0: if I was from out of town from Portland and yeah. I came to Portland, I would be like they're all the same fucking tree.
1: If only there was a book that someone was writing to help you figure out which tree was which. Wow. Jeez. Do you want to drop it? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I'm trying to write a tree ID book, everyone. Hell yeah. Don't spoil it, but we uh, we might need we might be asking. For some support to make it happen. <laughs> yes. We've uh, been talking about a cool plan here at Completely Arbitrary, and uh, I'm very excited about it. That's I'm also all, very excited, Casey. I'll tell you about.
0: I'm very proud of you.
1: Thanks, Alex. That's really sweet of you. It's
0: a long-term goal, and you're making moves.
1: We're making moves for it. So you'll hear more, obviously.
0: Oh, yeah. Way but more. But
1: before that, you're right. If you, you come to Portland, you, you don't know all the trees. You don't know the differences. Sure. You may not be able to tell them apart.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm going to give this thing... Ooh, 8.2. 8.2 for the
1: Palo Verde?
0: Yes. Wow, Alex. It's incredible.
1: Wow. Okay. So what else? You, you got any other you know, things? You said that you had like big ideas or you had a yeah. lot to say.
0: I just I just think it's got it going on. Yeah,
1: okay. So All right.
0: many yeah, so many elements and then so many like helpful things. You mm-hmm. know? It's yeah, a food. Yeah. It's like anti-alleliopathic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that called? Uh it's a good question. Maybe it's uh I mean chemical chemical Pathogen, so what is it? It's like chemical uh, sickness or something like that. So this would be chemical pathogenic. What's the opposite of uh, of that?
0: I have a proposal. Yeah. Can we call it groovy?
1: Yeah, yeah. this, is, this uh, tree's uh, aloe groovy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. A groovy that. tree. <laughs> it's a groovy tree. Oh, just groovy, not aloe groovy. <laughs> no. Allo groovy. Okay. Casey,
0: that was enough for me. All right. Let's hear your score let's
1: do it so i think that this is a cool tree um i am more on board with it than i was when we started mm. because when we started i was like eh, this is, you know, it's a little treats growing down there it's a desert tree i find desert trees to be fine when they're well kept uh but then if they're wild because of their branch deciduousness they just kind of look a little shoddy you know they're you can't tell if they're dead you can't tell if they're not dead are those leaves supposed to be on right now I can't really tell. Is that like dying back or is that a strategy? Like right. You can't just, tell if it's
0: healthy or not.
1: Yeah, exactly. They normally just look weird. But there's a bunch of beautiful photos of mm. them like in their glory, which I assume I just have never seen one when the the the, the rains came and it was really just flushed with flowers and yeah. leaves and things. But the, the green and the yellow, I think, match very nicely mm. of, these, of these two plants. And it's like thoroughly green. It's one of those trees where because its stems are green, it just is green. Yes. The whole thing, start to finish. As opposed to uh, a lot of trees, which you may not know, they actually have brown bark. So when you look at them, you're actually seeing a very significant amount of brown in any given tree. Mm-hmm. Because you're seeing the bark and the stems and the branches. So this one's unique in that regard and I think that's worth noting. Beautiful. The other thing is I like a tree that also is is this like power broker almost like it is the it's the tree that helps once it gets established it then is able to say okay I who can I help now? Who, wow. Who's next? Who are, what do we got? And then it, you know, it helps uh, this other plant grow, and it helps this other plant grow, and it helps this one grow, and it gives these things over here, and it's uh, very popular with hummingbirds and butterflies and pollinator insects. And uh, wow. it also creates the perfect space for you know, things to burrow underneath it, because it usually helps create better soil conditions. So it, it's kind of this tree that creates its own future. And wow. in doing so creates the future for other trees. Casey. Yeah. That yeah. was so beautifully said. Well thanks, Alex. I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a pretty cool tree. Although I also just don't think it's that exciting. <laughs> like I don't know I know yeah. a couple of like people have planted these elsewhere and there's a variety um, that they call the it's a three-way hybrid and I believe it's called the Sonoran or the Desert Museum Palo Verde because hmm. the uh, Arizona Sonoran Desert Museum found it and it's a hybrid i think they might have been working on it like kind of this studying hybridization between three different species
0: they named it after the museum
1: yeah it's a, yeah it's called the the desert museum palo verde
0: i love it is Isn't that a great name oh my god
1: yeah it's a, that's
0: unprecedented
1: that is unprecedented it's a it's a three-way hybrid and it doesn't have any thorns it hmm. it grows to tree size and is very shapely Okay. And it also has flowers that bloom just a little bit longer. Rather than Ooh. only coming out in spring, they'll kind of stay through summer as well. Okay. So it's like a pretty cool tree to be planted as a street tree, as a front yard tree. It's very zero xeric. Uh, so you can plant it and establish it and then walk away. Ah. It's going to be great. I like that. It's a, it's a climate-adapted tree for a place that has no water thumbs up but some of them are invasive elsewhere so if you go down to um africa or any other like tropical subtropical hot place Mm -hmm. this tree will probably be growing there and or one of its very close relatives and it will likely be invasive so i think it's great Although my big thing is it just doesn't like you see it at one point in time like, oh, that's a that's a good looking tree. I've seen this tree lots of times. Mm. And each time I was kind of like, well, I guess that's a good try. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why. I just I they don't wow. they don't inspire me the way a tree, like a big, you know, giant purple beech tree right. or a huge even a hawthorn these are like hawthorn light i think wow where you see a hawthorn hawthorn if if you if you went you took a hawthorn and you brought it to the barber and you you said clean this clean this tree up would you get get this tree ready to go we got some things we want to do we needed to look nice for the ball tonight that would come out of the barber shop and it would look like a palo verde. Interesting. This is what I think. <laughs> Although I find that the 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 messy mop top of a of a hawthorn Looks looks more interesting. It's got more going on.
0: It's attractive in its own right.
1: Yeah. So I I don't know. I I have to say, for all this tree does in terms of its ecology and its use, I got to give it a, a good a good score.
0: Isn't, isn't but, it not it kind of interesting that after this impassioned rant, <laughs> we have to we have to put it down to a decimal?
1: Yeah. It's it is, and we we signed up for it, and this happened. I don't know, in our first episodes or first season at the least. Yeah. Where I talked wax poetic about some tree and then ha- at the end of it had to be like, yeah, but I also, I just kind of think this tree's stupid. 6.2. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 6.9 so that everyone can be like, nice. Okay. <laughs> that, that is, that, that's what I've chosen here. Cheeky. Everyone gets, this tree rather, gets a nice <laughs> cuz i think it's nice i think it's a Perfect. nice tree i i i do i think it's a nice tree i love what it does it is ecologically important so if this was a podcast focused entirely on native plant and native kind of uses of plants in certain ways and like let's really dive into the the space that this tree takes up mm. and what's important
0: in its context? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then,
1: yeah, 10 out of 10. But then every tree is gonna get 10 out of 10. Every plant's gonna get 10 out of 10. So we, somehow we have to editorialize down. And right now, <laughs> I'm, I'm edi- editorializing down to be like, eh, it does really good stuff, but mm, whatever.
0: Fair enough, Case. Yeah,
1: so I give this tree a 6.9 so that everyone collectively can be like, nice. nice.
0: That was our review <laughs> of the Blue Palo Verde. Casey... It's time for a game.
1: Alrighty. This what is actually, to
0: this is one we haven't played in a while, Case. Oh. But it's one that I love to sing at least. What? This is Who Can oh, a Tree Now? Yeah. Oh, I fucked it up. Um, <clears throat> three, four.
1: Who can a tree now?
0: Who can a tree now? Who can a tree
1: now? Okay, Casey. Here we go, Alex. Here's how it works. The excitement is unparalleled.
0: <laughs> Unprecedented. Um, I am going to choose a tree, Casey. Okay. From The Sibley Guide to Trees by David Allen Sibley. Call Love us. that guy. I have chosen a tree. You have 10 questions. 10 questions. Yes or no questions okay. to yes. ask me about this tree. At the end of the 10 questions, you must guess which tree You must guess who it can tree now.
1: So, I'm going to first take my look. No. Damn.
0: I knew you were going to do that. So, I'm holding the book up. (laughs) Casey was seeing how far I was through the book. Yeah. You little cheater. All right, Casey, what's question number one?
1: Question number one, are the leaves opposite...
0: Lee arranged. Oh, yes. This is a...
1: (laughs) I almost said or alternate, and I realized that wouldn't be a a thing. So question one. Are the trees oppositely arranged? Are the leaves oppositely arranged? Excuse me. No. They are not, which means it alternately arranged.
0: Unless there's a fun new third choice. There
1: could be, but I'm going to try to avoid that. Are the leaves compound no. They are not. Okay, simple alternate leaves. This is the worst of all the options. Oh, yes. Okay.
0: Not that I want to see you lose, but I feel like if you lose, I win. I appreciate that.
1: Is this tree native to uh west of the Rocky Mountains? Yes. It is native to Excuse me, no. West. It is not native west of the Rocky Mountains. So it is native to the eastern United States. That's not a question that I'm asking in terms of my fourth question, that's just me clarifying. Is this tree native to North America? No. Wow. Okay, I'm going to review. That's four questions, right? Yes. It is non-native, but it only generally is uh, is growing. No, no, it's, not, it's just not native at all.
0: It's not native to North not America. Not native at all.
1: It is simple, alternately arranged leaves. Yes. Is the fruit... Succulent and edible-ish. No It's not, okay, so it's not it's not that. Whew. Okay, does this tree grow higher than 50 feet on average, generally. So essentially, is this a big tree?
0: This tree does, on average, grow higher than 50 feet.
1: Okay, so it's a big tree. Does this tree have amazing flowers? no Oh, they're just kind of boring flowers i didn't say that oh <laughs> don't read too much into that i'm not gonna read too much into it i'm not gonna read too much into it okay that's seven questions and i'm stumped still wow is this tree from europe yes it is from europe okay
0: Wow, Casey lit up.
1: Eight. Okay, well that helps. This is this is getting me somewhere. Awesome. So I got two more questions that I can ask. That's right. So this fruit. Uh, so right, I'm going to go through things. Mm. So it's a European species. It is has simple and alternate leaves, and the fruit is not succulent, and we don't eat it.
0: This is all correct.
1: Okay, so we got a lot to work with here. I got a lot to think about. This is going to take us just a little bit, so let me just uh, let me just let me just put my finger on my chin. <laughs> that helps. And consider this. All right, so I'm going to ask uh, another question here. Uh, this is going to be my my ninth number nine number nine number ninth nine. question number nine. Does this tree rather is this tree commonly found along the streets of Portland?
0: Would it be okay to choose a different question?
1: Uh, Yes, I will choose a different question. Because I don't know. Okay. Are you, uh, have you seen this tree here in City (laughs) Portland? I don't know. Oh, dang it. Potentially. Okay. Does that that help? uh, It does a little bit. I just, I just don't know.
0: I, have, I hope I haven't answered something incorrectly and thrown you off the path. That's always know. my yeah. fear with this stuff. It's ah, happened once. It
1: does happen once, but that's okay. right. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through it.
0: it will be a fun ending if I have.
1: Yeah, that really would be kind of be exciting, wouldn't it? <laughs> all right.
0: That's just good podcasting.
1: And we don't eat the fruit, right? That's something no. I asked. We do not eat it.
0: No, we do not eat the fruit. We do
1: not eat the fruit. Okay. So,
0: maybe you could ask some can I can I maybe you could ask something about the leaves.
1: Yeah, the leaves are are simple alternate. Is that uh, all you need? Um no, but do the leaves have um I'll just go with this. Are the, do the leaves have um some some deeply incised lobes or something like that? No. Okay. So that doesn't help. That sounds. I Awful. All right, that's my 10th question. Uh, Here is my guess.
0: Casey Clapp, who can it tree now?
1: This tree is Mm. the cork oak. Incorrect. Damn it, I have no idea.
0: I have been looking at the Italian alder, Casey. The
1: Italian
0: alder. Alnus cordata.
1: Oh my God, I would never have gotten that. I completely forgot about alders entirely. <laughs> you know what? I thought that might've been the case. Oh, I was thinking birch. That's as close as I got. I was like, but you would have said, hmm, no, I've seen that tree around town. We have one literally outside this house.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah
1: I don't think you'd ever see that planted uh, really over in Portland.
0: Yeah. It looks like the, so the map, the reason I got hung up on all the geography yeah. shit, because it's native to Italy. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the map, there's a little yellow dot on California Ah. Uh, around San Francisco way. Makes sense. And then it says uncommonly cultivated and locally escaped, particularly in the Midwest zones five through seven. Really? So I, like, so I don't even know how to answer that question. But yeah.
1: mm. Casey,
0: I've been thinking of the Italian alder and I'm so sorry. You remain to know who it can tree now.
1: God dang it. <laughs> I hate getting this wrong. I'm sorry, Kate. It's okay. It's not your fault. There's just so many options. I didn't even know they had that tree in that book. Wow, David. really? Yeah.
0: Because yeah. it's not North American native?
1: Yeah, no, no. And I didn't even know that it was so common that it would be warranted uh, inclusion.
0: I see. Incredible.
1: Yeah. I don't even know what to think. Wow. I'm ashamed. I can tell you a fact about that alder, though. Hit me. Well, they uh, are very decay resistant, if underwater. So they've been used to build the city of Rome. No, whatever. What's what is the one? Oh my God! I can't believe them do this. Uh, what's the the famous uh, Italian city that is like? Build- oh, Venice. Venice. Thank you. They uh uh. Legend has it that people moved from one city. They got destroyed during like the late Roman period. They moved in mass, abandoned their city, moved out to this. Wetland countryside place that then they drained and turned into these perfect little canals. Yeah, built all their things and they put piles of alder down and then built their houses on top of that. Wow! So much of ancient Venice is built on pylons that are actually just alders that they cut down and used because they don't decay. If they're that's underwater. amazing, yeah, there many of them are in fact still there.
0: You know what? I say that's an honorary win of the game, Casey. Yes! You have one who can a tree now. That's what
1: I'm talking about, you guys. (laughs) So far, I'm only defeated once.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Case, it is time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. All right,
1: let's see what we got here
0: today. This week's question is from Kat. Hello, Kat. What in the world is going on with tree plant gender?
1: Oh, tree plant gender. It's an enigma.
0: Why are some trees female, some male, some have both sexes? Some self-pollinate? Are these gender words really what's going on?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a good question, isn't it?
0: Yeah, Case. What do you think?
1: Well, we've talked a little bit about this every now and then. Now, the big thing, biologically speaking, uh, trees fall into a few different categories. The main two are dioecious and monoecious. That essentially translates to one house and two houses. One house, monish, monishus, means that all of the different sexual parts of a tree grow on one tree. Oh. So you have the flowers that produce the pollen and the flowers that produce the fruit on one tree. Oh. Often they are the same flower, so they're perfect flowers. (gasps) Oh, wow! I
0: just connected the dot. Oh yeah, yeah. What is it? This whole thing. Oh, great, cool. Moniesius versus dioecious. I've always yeah. just kind of glazed over that.
1: Oh God. Okay. Well, yeah. There. Well, welcome back to. <laughs> Thank welcome you. back to class. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm awake for the
0: first time in my life. Yeah.
1: yeah I can see it. Your eyes are glistening. <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful. So uh, dioecious means two houses, which means you have one tree that only makes flowers that produce pollen, and you have another tree that only makes flowers that have the seeds. Or that will produce the seeds, so they have the ova in them.
0: Like a uh, ginkgo. Uh,
1: Exactly. Ginkgo, cottonwoods are another example where there are two different trees. Right. So there are also, like we noted, perfect flowers that have both parts in one flower. Magnolia is a great example of that. Yes. We also have flowers that are differentiated on different shoots, where on up at the top, certain shoots would produce the seeds uh, because they are the what we would call female flowers. And then below on a tree would be the male flowers that produce the pollen. Okay. So we use those gendered terms because these are the sexual parts of a plant. And gender and sex and that kind of thing all really does boil down to reproductive parts, What kind of reproductive part do you have this puts you in category a or category b right generally speaking that's the binary that has been uh used over time for you know as long as time's existed however as long as time has existed with people there has been a spectrum we just haven't until recently really given it the um the social status that i think it should yes you're one or the other or you were something in between and no one really wanted to figure it out or talk about it or have any kind of discussion about it about you as a person. Mm-hmm. You know? So in terms of people, gender identity versus like sex at birth and all this kind of stuff is is wildly complicated and is, you know, having a, a big moment I think right now in our national uh, politics and consciousness. Yes. Yeah. So um I have been trying over a couple years to pull away from kind of genderized terms, but in in,
0: botany or in anything. Yes,
1: in in botany. I well in in my normal conversation, you know, I I put my pronouns on almost everything. It's true. Um, The thing is, the I don't like necessarily comparing and and making genderized things for plants and genderized things for people on the same level right because a the plant does not give a single shit what you call it it's going to do whatever it's going to do even like ginkgo will often switch back and forth and start making flowers that produce pollen even though its entire life it's produced only the flowers that have the ova in them really yeah interesting it's just sometimes randomly it'll just say yep this shoot over here not going to produce these kinds of flowers so um the the tree does not care one way or the other. People very much do care. It has a lot to do with their identity yeah. and you know how they're treated and what they are for themselves. So those things, when we when we pull them together and we then conflate them, it starts to make uh, issues where there aren't really issues. And most of the time in plants, it's pretty cut and dry. This flower makes pollen. That flower does not make pollen the flowers are not necessarily identifying as pollen-producing flowers. Right. You know? We are projecting that onto the plants. Interesting. And it's very simple for us. um, Because we have had a binary for so much of our existence, it's very simple for us to apply that to nature as well. That is a female wolf. That is a male wolf. That one produces the sperm. That one produces the eggs. And you don't like this? No, I I don't. I guess I, I don't like conflating it. But- what other term are we going to do? Like, oh, that's the egg-producing wolf. Oh, that's the sperm-producing wolf. Right. It, can we just call that a male wolf and a female wolf?
0: I think, yeah, I think you're onto something with, like, it. it's not ideal, and, like, we may not like it or kind of roll our eyes at it, yeah. but it's the best, it is the best way to describe these plants. Yeah,
1: and everyone understands it, you Yeah. Know? That's when a, I say, uh, oh, well, this is the male plant. Right. This is the male tree. This is the female tree. You know exactly what it is. Right. You know quickly ah, that's the one that produces the pollen you know. Mhm. As pollen for those of you if we haven't covered it is essentially analogous to sperm. Yeah, so I, Alex, I think that's yeah, good it's a good point and that's what I've always found because I've tried to move away from it and say, "Oh, well these are the pistillate flowers." Mm. You know, just use botanical terms. But the problem is if you are not a specialist, you have no idea what that means.
0: Exactly. You
1: also have no idea like it doesn't stick in your brain. Yeah. If I say, "Oh, female, this is the the female fruit." You're know, like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, this is one with the seeds in it. This is the right. one that does the reproductive stuff that everyone's familiar with. Because most of the time in our uh, Z kind of humanity, it would be the females, the women, that do the reproductive things. So I don't, I shouldn't say reproductive things. <laughs> They're the ones that make babies and yes. then p- reproduce the the species. So when you see a fruit or you see a, um, really, it's just the fruit or the flower. It has this kind of Feminine kind of uh, side to it, mm-hmm. because that is related in our consciousness as the the reproductive, the fertile, the the woman part of our world. Yes, but that is just something that we've had, and there is throughout the entire universe of humanity from people. With religion, without religion, for as long as times existed, we have found these uh, fertility in plants and made that connection. So it's a convenient term, like you're saying, but it's also a term that is like, it's almost fixed within our consciousness.
0: Right. Interesting. Thank you, Kat, for your question. And if you have a question for us, join up on the Patreon at the $3 a month Quercus and Alder, that's Q and A tier. We have patron-exclusive Q&A episodes, and you get a chance to have your question read live in New York City on Completely Arbitrary. That's true. At the $5 tier, you get two bonus episodes a month about other related topics and trees. There's lots of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff there, Casey. Yeah, there is. And of course, above that, Cone of the Month Club. $10 a month. You get a monthly cone sticker illustrated by a different artist every month, a different species every month, You get an info card sent to your mailbox every month.
1: It happens every month, is what we're saying. <laughs> I just realized
0: how many times I said "every month" in that long run-on sentence.
1: Uh, the cut of the month club is my favorite. What is it this week? We got a uh, ponderosa pine was last month. Yeah,
0: ponderosa pine's going out, but this time we it's got June. Jack pine. The
1: jack pine, baby. With
0: fire in the background. Uh,
1: I love the jack pine so much.
0: It's a wonderful sticker.
1: Uh, yeah, I saw, we see. I think the jack pine probably has a lot in common with the uh, the old uh, the old Palo Verde. Is that so? Yeah, just because it's kind of one of those scrubby little trees that, you know, does cool stuff, but then Uh, doesn't actually, like, really impress me, but I like it anyway,
0: (laughs) you know? Uh, Above the Cone of the Month Club is the $15 tier, which is called Arbitrary Plus. You get two live streams a month. One of them is with just me playing a video game, tree or nature-themed video game. One's with Casey and I. On a host of topics.
1: A lot of different topics.
0: Last month, Casey, we had a live cooperative draft. Yeah, we did. For Pokemon Trees. The
1: Buttercup.
0: The Buttercup.
1: Which, if you're just hearing about this, get excited, because it's going to come out in the next couple weeks.
0: It's going to be a lot of silly fun.
1: What exactly is it? We're not telling.
0: <laughs> when we know, we'll let you know. <laughs> um, above that is generous admission. 20 bucks a month. Or whatever you feel like giving us, it's very special and it's very honored, and it really helps the podcast continue. As do all our patrons, Casey,
1: and all of our listeners, Patreon or otherwise. We are so happy to still be here kicking around with y'all.
0: Wow, morning so, DJ. Yeah,
1: thanks for having us. We <laughs> get a little. Going uh, to get a little milk in here.
0: <laughs> you playing easy. jazz? Yeah. Should we go out to jazz
1: this episode, Casey? Uh, no, you should go out to Milk, because I just introduced it.
0: Oh, Milk. I forgot that was what the song was called. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah.
1: Hey, for everyone who's listening, uh, the mini-vandals wrote a song called Milk, and it's what plays at the end of each one of our podcasts.
0: That's right. You were listening to it now, and the next thing you are listening to is thank you so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Goodbye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp.
0: Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals.
1: And you can support the podcast at patreon.com arbitrarypod.
0: And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks
1: for listening.